Today we're going to be in Luke, still in chapter 1. We're getting closer and closer to chapter 2. We're going to look at Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. It's the word of the Lord. So I was thinking about when my kids were really little. And come Christmas time, you know, they'd be two or three, and they'd come up and say, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know if that's really what they sounded like. And I'd tell them what I would want. And they would say, okay, can you take me to the store? And I'd drive them to the store, and they'd say, don't look, don't look. And then they'd get something that I happened to ask for, and they'd come to me and tell me exactly how much it cost. And then I'd give them the money, and they'd go pay for the thing they bought, and they'd come back with a bag, and I was a whole 10 feet away the whole time, right? Don't look in the bag, Daddy, don't look in the bag. And Christmas morning, they would come to me with this gift, so excited. Like, I had no clue what it was. I told you what I wanted, I drove you to pick it up, and I paid for it. But I loved Christmas morning when my kids would give me these gifts, especially when they were little, because of the joy they had and the desire they had to give me a gift. Amen? Well, what do you get God for Christmas? Can I tell you a little secret? He tells you what it is. He takes you to get it. He pays for it. And his joy is found in the joy you have when you give it to him. And your joy will be complete as you give it to him. God wants worship. And what we see here with Mary is Mary worshiping God. Two weeks ago, we saw what a Christian looks like. Here's the gospel, trust in the gospel. Last week, we saw how a Christian or a believer lives. They limp in the gospel, amen, on shaky knees following Christ. This week, we see what the end result of trusting in the gospel and walking on shaking knees with Jesus is, and the result is worship and praise. So guys, that's it. Go praise God, worship him, Merry Christmas. Amen. Well, somebody want to know how you do it? If not, please, head downstairs. Well, let me point out this way. I see in here three things that true worship is founded on and three things that true worship is pointed at. First of all, it's founded in truth. You might not pick this up on an initial reading through Mary's Magnificat. Anybody, by the way, anyone know what Magnificat means? It says it in there. I don't know what it means. We'll just move on. I'm kidding. I know what it means. It's just the Latin word for magnify or exalt. Now you know the secret of why it's called Mary's Magnificat. It should be called Mary's Magnification or Exaltation of the Lord, or Song of Praise. But the whole thing is simply a recitation of Old Testament scripture. I'll let you run this down in your own time, but verse 30, um, 46 is Psalm 34, verse 2. Verse 47 is Isaiah 45, verse 21. 
Verse 48, it reflects 1 Samuel 1, 1 and following, Psalm 136, 23, and Genesis 30, 13. And if you can't write that fast, I think the recorder's working. Verse 49 is Psalm 126, 3, and Psalm 111, verse 9. And verse 54, it is just the history of Israel. And the point being, number one is true worship is founded on truth. God calls him first two commandments to worship the true God and worship him in truth. Mary wasn't worshiping God based on some experiential feeling of holy hardware driving her to worship. Meaning, she didn't have to get the lighting just right and the music just right and everything just right to strum up worship. Mary worshiped God in truth. And when we worship God, we need to know scripture to be able to speak scripture to God, to worship him in truth for who he truly is. If we don't know scripture, we rob ourselves of joy. We rob God of worship. We rob God of glory. Is it hard to know scripture? Sure, Mary would have been discipled in her family, in her synagogue, in her community. She would have read, studied, meditated, pondered. This wasn't Mary grabbing a commentary and trying to figure out what she could do to praise God. Out of the abundance of the heart, so flows the words of the mouth, right? My friends, the first thing to understand in giving God the gift is take the word he gave you in the Bible and read it, store it up, meditate on it, chew on it. It's hard work. It doesn't come easy. But my friends, these are words of joy in life because they reveal to us who God is and how to worship God and how to walk with God. The whole thing just oozes scripture. The second thing I see here is true worship is founded on a new heart. It says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices within me. Can anyone point to their, their soul and spirit, the two separate parts Mary's talking about? So I'll show you. Your soul is under your left arm and your spirit is... Soul and spirit are synonymous. It just means her inner parts, her, her most inward um, foundings. It's heart, soul, mind, and strength. They're synonymous. And true worship comes out of a heart that's been born anew, period. Do you know, in, in contemporary Christianity, we try to strum up worship through music and accoutrements. Worship doesn't flow out of feelings. Feelings flow out of true worship and truth. Worship can only come from a heart that's been born anew. Did you know that? If you haven't been born anew, you might try to appease God, accommodate God, manipulate God, but you will not worship God in spirit and truth unless you're born anew. We all right, guys? Okay. So we have, it's founded on a new heart, it's founded in truth, and it's founded in humility. We'll give, we'll give you guys a minute, there's no rush, we're family. We'll edit the recording out and everything. Let's, was he having a low, low blood pressure or something? What's that? Well, let, let's pray for a minute here. I can't see that far. Is that Cameron? That's Cameron. Father, we just pray for Cameron. Lord, we are thankful that you love him, that you will care for him. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would comfort him as, as he deals with something physical. Lord, we pray for for wisdom and, and treating him and loving him. Lord, I pray that you remove any sort of shame or embarrassment right this moment from him, that you let him know of the incredible love you have for him. Holy Spirit, allow him to rest in you, to just rejoice that you promised to care for us perfectly. So Lord, we commend him to you. 
We pray that you would restore him quickly. We thank you, Lord, that he is in a place where he is loved, where he can be cared for. And Lord, we just thank you that he's with us this morning. And pray for you to strengthen him quickly. Amen. You good? Hey, listen, we deal with that in our house all the time. We got a type 1 diabetic. And I truly mean that, Cameron. You just catch your breath. There's no shame in here. We love you. All right, this is one of the, this is just a flat, crazy day. The heat didn't come on at the church. My phone's ringing. The music isn't going. Let's just, where are we at? It's focused on a new heart. So Mary's soul and her spirit. It's founded in humility. Look at verse 46 to 49. God looks at the humble estate of his servant. You know what the two barriers to true worship are? There are only two barriers to true worship. Ignorance and pride. Do you know how you offset ignorance? Do you know how you offset pride? You hear the gospel. You focus on the gospel. Mary knew God's word. Mary knew the God of his word because she called him her savior. True worship is founded on truth. True worship is founded in humility. And true worship is founded in a new heart. So if you want to get God a gift, you got to get the new heart. You got to get truth, and you got to be humbled. Those are things only God can do and give to you. Amen? Amen. But what is it focused on? It's focused on who God is. Verse 49, holy. 50, merciful. 49, mighty. God hates sin. God must do something about sin. God will destroy sin because he's holy. But he's merciful. You know what that means? God doesn't want to have to destroy you. And God's mighty. So it means he hates sin, he doesn't want to have to destroy you, and he's powerful to not destroy you. Amen? Can we just stop and think about that for a minute? God is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. How does Isaiah respond to that? Awesome, God! He says, I'm broken. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm unworthy. God is so holy, you cannot approach him. Do you understand? Like, just chew on this for a minute. Would you walk into a lion cage and smack a lion in the head? <laughs> Do you think you want to walk into God's presence and smack him? Do you know that's how you live? Do you know what the result of that is? You will die. But you know what God does? He's merciful. He wants to not have us die. And he's powerful. He has a way to make us not die. He sent Christ. He's holy, he's merciful, and he's mighty. Just chew on that. Focus on that. That's where worship is directed. Amen? Amen. Mary says, in God, my Savior, who is holy, merciful, and mighty. Do you know God is mighty? Do you know God is merciful? Do you know God is holy? Do you marvel in those truths? God is perfect, and imperfection cannot dwell with him. You must be perfect, and God has made a way to make you perfect. True worship is focused on that. True worship is focused on the fact that God has saved you and humbled you, and you desire to know him for who he is. Amen? 
focused on what God has done for you, what he's done for Mary. Verse 47, saved her. 48, blessed her. 49, done great things for her. 52, exalted her. 53, filled her with good things. Do you reflect on what God has done for you? Who you are in Christ, but beyond you, what he's done for others. Look where Mary goes following in verse 50, focused on others, and, and here's what I want you to see. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to just think about this here. Do you marvel at the gospel, at who God is? Holy, awesome, mighty, unapproachable, a consuming fire, the great I am, the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings who became a baby, fully divine, yet fully human, who in his mercy desired to make a way to save us, to reconcile us to himself. Mary saw this to a degree. I'm your servant. I'm unworthy. You've looked on my humble estate. How often do you focus on that? How often do you marvel at who you are before God? How often do you hear from God through his word to speak truth into your life? How much he loves you. How perfectly he will care for you. How life will not go well for you apart from him, but it will go, listen to this, perfectly in him. Ask it this way, how's life going for you when you're not trusting in God? It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Not! There are people who are dying, depression, despondency, discouragement too! I got death, sickness, and sadness. How about you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow. Life, life doesn't, I made it up on the fly, thanks. Wow. Life, life does not go well apart from Christ. Why are we so slow to learn this? I'm talking to believers here. But life goes perfectly in Christ, and Mary knew it. Mary delighted in it. Mary rejoiced in it. It wasn't, Mary say, I feel so happy. No. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in me. God, my Savior. Do you feel sad? It's okay. Do you cry? It's okay. Jesus was sad and cried, but he rejoiced always. What does God want for Christmas? He wants some worship. How are you going to get it? You can't afford it. You wouldn't know it if he didn't tell you, and you can't go get it by yourself. But God, while we were still sinners, saved us, stuck us in the car, gave us the funds, and drove us to the store to buy him some worship. <laughs> and we are to present to him every day this gift. And listen to me closely here. God's delight is in your joy. Chew on that. God has tied his joy to your joy. Jesus came that we might have joy and it might be complete. 
He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. How's it going? Hey, keeping back the gift from God that he gave you the funds and wrapped up for you to give to him. Mary's soul magnified the Lord. Why? Because she knew God. Guys, the word of the Lord is perfect and true, but it's a delight. Why? Because God gave us salvation, and God gave us his word so that we could praise him, and in praising him, have joy. God wants you to be filled with joy, and he is not completely joyful until your joy is completely full. Did you know that? God is intimately tied to you emotionally because he is intimately tied to you relationally through Christ, and he simply says, Hey, delight in me. And as you trust in him, you will delight in him. Do you know why my kids, when they were two and three, delighted in me? I don't know. They were just dumb. <laughs> but that's how we're to be with God. That's childlike faith. Not ignorant faith, but it's, I know my daddy, and he's awesome. Daddy, can I get you a gift? Yes, son. Daddy, what do you want? I want worship. Okay, where do we get it, Daddy? Come on, I'll take it. Okay, okay. And as you walk with God, you can't help but praise God. And as you praise God, you can't help but have joy. And as you have joy, God delights. And as he delights, you have more joy. And you give him more praise. And he gives you more joy. And he invites you into the triune relationship of love. For eternity past, the Son has glorified the Father, has glorified the Son and the Spirit and the Spirit and the Son. It's a mutual love-based relationship. And you're saved into it. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices within me. Don't let feelings drive truth. Let truth drive your feelings. Life's hard. But in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It grows brighter and brighter until full day arrives. My friends, Christmas is an invitation by God to give him a gift. And then as you mature, you find this crazy reality. He just wanted the gift because of the joy it gave you. And he is glorified by you enjoying him perfectly. Do you ever think about that? You serve God because he glories in your loving to serve him. Hmm. Well, that's true worship. How do you get there? Union with God in Christ Jesus. Communion with God, walking in obedience to him. Joy with God. It's what you've been saved for. Father, May we have the joy you desire for us so that we might glorify you. <laughs> Lord, you don't say, do what I say or die. You say, trust me and live. Walk with me. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Lord, you don't say, open your mouth wide and I'll give you a morsel so you don't die today. 
open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Lord, we don't read in Scripture, my cup has just enough in it so I don't die. My cup overfloweth. Oh, Lord, help us to walk with you, not for temporal things, but for a focus on your glory in the kingdom. Knowing that you will provide for us perfectly, knowing that you will lead us perfectly, knowing that no matter what happens to us, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Lord, it is your rod and your staff that comfort and guide and protect me. Lord Jesus, help us to see you as our sister Mary saw you. Help our soul to magnify you and our spirit to rejoice in you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord God, help us to present a gift to you every day. I bring an offering of worship to my king. Lord, that is what we were saved to do to bring a gift of praise and worship to you. To know that as we do so, you delight in us far more fully and perfectly than a, than a half-decent father would when his little kids gave him a gift. Lord God, give us that childlike faith where we trust in you and rest in you and know your perfect goodness. Lord God, help us to walk in your will and your way by your power. Hmm. Lord, remind us that we are your servants because you look down on our humble estate. Lord, remind us that from now on all generations will call us blessed because you who are mighty has done great things for us in saving us in your holy name, by your mercy. Lord, we fear you and love you and live with you. Lord, you show your strength to us with your arm. Lord, you will scatter the proud. You have brought down the mighty from their thrones, but yet, Lord, you have exalted those of humble estate. Remind us, Lord, that we were of humble estate, far more humble than we can fathom, and we've been exalted by you. Lord, you fill the hungry with good things. Help us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hmm. Lord God, we, we are reminded at the end of this section about our brother, Father Abraham, and a promise you made to him 2,000 years prior. More. And Lord, you fulfilled that promise when Mary became pregnant. Lord, you called Abram out of a land of pagan idolatry as a pagan idolater himself. You saved him to yourself, caused him to be righteous, you took him outside in Genesis 15 and you said, look up at all those stars, so shall your offspring be. But he was an old dude without a kid. But Lord, your word proves true. Abraham trusted you. He walked with you. Just like Mary. Mary trusted you and walked with you. Lord, I pray that would be our story too. That by grace through faith, we would trust you in salvation. We would trust you day by day. We would walk with you. And we too would marvel like Abraham and Mary and every saint who has gone into glory who now does it in perfection. Glory to God in the highest. Every word of God proves true. He is in fact a shield to those who take refuge in him. Holy Spirit, please cause our soul to magnify you and our spirit to rejoice in us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Let me tell you a quick story as Quran's getting ready. When I was growing up, I broke a table in my grandpa's house. It was a wrestling match. And I stuck the leg back in the table and I went home and he called me up and he said, Jonathan, did you break the table? I said, I did, Pa. He said, why didn't you tell me? I said, I'm scared. He said, okay. Next time, just tell me. I said, I'm sorry. He said, it's okay, I forgive you. That's not God. But it becomes God when you understand my grandpa had to fix the table. He had to pay to have the table fixed. And out of his own pocket, he paid to have this beautiful wooden table fixed. And the marble top reset and fixed to go back into place. A great expense to himself. Didn't charge me a penny. Took the cost upon himself. And I remember from that, that incident realizing my pa was a kind man. But most people knew my pa as a scary dude. You don't want to cr tr cross my pa. He was a strong, powerful, mighty man, but because I was his kin, because I was his precious grandson, my pa delighted in covering my sin at cost to himself, mm. so I need not fear him. You see, now we're talking God. Mm. But the reality is, you broke God's table. You sinned against God, and if you went to my grandpa's house and broke his table and you were in his grandson, Johnny, <laughs> I don't know if you'd leave the house. <laughs> God will destroy sinners. God must destroy sinners. God is holy. You didn't just break his table. You committed cosmic treason. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to pay the debt we couldn't pay. I don't know what it cost to fix a table, but I was a little kid. I didn't have enough money. Well, the cost to cover your sin is infinitely greater, and God is infinitely wealthier than my pa and infinitely more loving. And our job is simply to admit to God, I broke the table, I sinned. And God says, it's going to be okay if you trust in me. Trust Jesus to pay your debt. Trust in the goodness and grace and mercy of God who delights in covering the sins of sinners, not just covering them, but removing them by paying the penalty for them. And then know the joy of fellowship with God so that no matter what you do in Christ, you are eternally united to God. Don't use it as a, a freedom to sin. Use it as an invitation to fellowship and communing with God as you walk in intimate fellowship with him through obedience. The world comes to God. Sorry, God, I messed up. Please forgive me. That don't work. It's God I have thoroughly messed up. I am not a righteous or clean person. Woe is me. You must be perfect. I am not perfect. But God so loved the world that he sent a perfect son. Amen? Amen. Our response is to turn to God in worship and adoration, but knowing this truth, that God delights in us worshiping him not because he's some old cantankerous soul who wants attention, because he is a joy-filled God who delights in giving us joy. And it's through our worship of who he is, who we are, what he's done for us, and what he continues to do for us, that he is glorified and our joy is complete. Amen? Amen.